Hi guys, this is Pastor Scott here with River Life Fellowship and my beautiful wife Hello. Sandy. And we're coming to you today with a video that I feel is very important. And we're going to be looking at some prophetic insight for the Hebrew New Year that we're already in. Okay, I understand it began last fall. But we're in the year 5782 and some insight about that. Also with some things that are going on in these latter days, we... we see things like the invasion of Ukraine right now, but we just see a lot of things going on. We've been in a time of pandemic. We've been where, where there's so many different signs. Those that know end time prophecy know that there's so many different things going on. So we're just going to make this video and try to keep it pretty brief. But anyway, let me just dive into this. So the number is 5782. Five is the number of grace, and we're going to need to really humble ourselves in the days to come and really walk in grace. We need God's grace. Mm -hmm. The number seven is complete perfection. So like Jesus had seven eyes and seven horns in Revelation because he has complete perfect vision and complete perfect power. And um, then eight is the number of new beginnings. So just like Noah, there was eight of them on the ark. The old passed away, but there was new beginnings, okay? And then two is the number of unity. So if two agree on earth, it's done. All right. So the first revelation is this. We're going to need to have great humility, walking in grace, because we're humbling ourselves. The Bible says to humble yourself and pray and seek his face. Turn from your wicked ways. He'll hear from heaven, forgive your sin, heal your land. So there's a humility. And that humility is going to be very key. And then complete perfection is that God has begun a good work in us and he's going to complete it. Many feel that. They feel that even maybe years ago, there, there was a work that God began in their life and now God is bringing everything to the fruition of it. And then we see um, the number eight, God is about to reset and give some new beginnings, okay? And then the number two is the importance of being unified. Now that's going to be huge in the days to come. Satan is the one who's come to steal, kill, and destroy, but so much of that comes through division. Right. Division in your marriage, division in your family, division in your church. Okay? So the first revelation, I would say this. Let's walk in great humility and ask God, Lord, if there's anything in me not right, forgive me, do a deep work, purge me, just walk in great humility let God finish whatever he's trying to do in you, whatever he's got to put in you, whatever he's got to take out of you, whatever he's got to change. Let him, the author and finisher, he began it, let him finish it in your humility so that he can give you the, the new beginnings that you can really come into the season of, of what God's called you to do. I don't believe we have a lot of time till Jesus comes. Right. And so I'm trying to just lay everything down and say, whatever, God, you need to do in me. And so you can do whatever you need to through me in these last days. But it's so important to be unified. So that's the first revelation, okay? The second revelation is this, 5782. Five is, the is okay, in the Hebrew letter, I don't want to lose you, so I'm just going to go through this pretty quick. But the Hebrew alphabet is very different than ours. There's a, there's a numeric value to it. There's also symbolism. So the five is a letter, hey, but it's a guide, like trying to get your attention. Now, how many feel like that there's a lot of things going on in the world that's getting our attention? I think that God's doing a real shaking. 
And I feel like that there's been an attack through the pandemic to attack churches. I mean, everybody I know, their churches, you know, except for our church has suffered very little loss, thankfully, by the grace of God. But almost every church I've talked to, ministers have said to me that they really, it was difficult because a lot of people quit coming to church, etc. And the problem is not only that, but people have been backsliding because of it. And <clears throat> finances have been, you know, dropping down. So it's been a real attack on the church, and there's been a great shaking in the world. So God is trying to get atten our attention, isn't he? But here's the 782. 7 is the letter Zion, and it means, okay, so that symbolism there is like, you know, a plow that would go down in the ground, and it's got that sharp blade that cuts through the soil. It can be a plow, or it can be like an axe, or it can be a sword, but it's some kind of a sharp weapon, okay? So think about that. So in these latter days, I'm telling you what we've come into, the letter Zion, is that Satan has been releasing, especially with the pandemic, and my wife will agree with this, that there has been something like a spirit of death. Right. Yeah. And the spirit of death looks like the Grim Reaper, and he's got the scythe, right? So he comes through, that's kind of like Satan's sickle, if you will. Yeah that comes through and he's trying to harvest the earth through sickness and disease and premature death. He's trying to harvest the earth uh, with a lot of lost people going to hell. But of course, we know that there are some righteous that are, that are dying as well. But there's, there's just a move of hell there that, that's like the sword of the enemy. It's like the enemy is marching. The hordes of hell are marching. But in the same way, I believe that, that God is going to be releasing great revival in the days to come. But the sword is in the land. Yeah. Warfare. Yeah. All right, here's what's interesting. The, the eighth letter in the alphabet is the chet. And it's where we, it's very common, the, the word chai. It means life, okay, to life. But the, the number eight, the letter chet, it, the symbolism is like a fence. So... Because we see the sword coming, we definitely need to build up like a hedge of protection about our lives. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling you, we, we've experienced intense warfare that we haven't had in a long time. And everybody we've been talking to has been going through it as Same well. Thing. Warfare. It's a season of warfare. And so we need to build up the hedge of protection around us, our families, our, our homes, and our church, okay? And then two, the, the number two in the Hebrew alphabet is the bait, B-E-I-T, bait, and it means house. So what that's saying is the sword has come, but we need to build up a hedge of protection around our house and our family and our church, which is, the, the church is the bigger house of God, okay? So... Let God do the finishing work in you so that you can come into your new beginnings. But also, since we see the sword coming in the land, that we build up that hedge of protection, that wall of fire about us, our families, and all that we own. Now, I'm going to give you four quick things. I don't want this to be a really long video, but I'm going to give you four things. Some of them are practical, and some of them are going to be spiritual in nature that will help you. The first is your house is your physical body. You're the temple of those that are true Christians, which we're putting this out among the 
people of faith, your, your physical body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So in a very practical sense, practical here, it's very important that we're getting rest. I've known people that don't slow down. I've known ministers, I think of one right now, he passed away, a wonderful man of God, but he went seven days a week. He, he just worked himself to the point that he got health problems. And then whenever COVID came, his body was too weak and he passed away. We need rest, okay? You need a good night's sleep at night. You don't need to try to live off two or three hours of sleep. You need rest. And not only that, God gives us a pattern that one day out of the week you're supposed to rest. You need rest. Give God a day. Not everybody can give him the same day because I realize that Sunday for a lot of Christians is a day of rest. But some people, their work schedule rotates and all that. But find a day of the week that you can give God that day. That you get the work done before or after. But on that day, you rest. You spend time with the Lord. Spend time with your family. And you'll be surprised how, how much closer you can get to the Lord doing that. And how much more your family will bond as you spend some time together. And not just uh, fun time alone, but also that maybe have some time of taking communion together and praying together. See? And having some Bible study together. Yeah. Alright, so that's practical. Also... I would say take care of yourself and eat healthy. Take some vitamins, things like that, that, that are giving your body the nutrition it needs. Now for us, I always make us a health shake every morning, pretty much every morning. It's like Monday through Saturday. And we drink it and it's got a lot of, uh, you know, multivitamins, stuff like that in it. And it just, in the morning, it's just filling us full of nutrition. And you know what, that helps you have energy, feel better, keep your weight down. And your body has the nutrition to keep your immune system strong to fight off what it's supposed to. Now, these are practical things, but I believe there's wisdom in that, okay? But now I want to talk to you about some spiritual things as well. Your physical bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And so what I would say is this, keep your body very pure spiritually. Make sure that you're not defiling your body in any way. Ungodly substances any type of sexual sin, uh, things that, you know, marking up, cutting up the body, anything that would defile, just get away from it. Christians should know better, and sermons should be helping them with this. But what you do with your body, what you do to your body, and what you put in your body can spiritually defile you, okay? So staying away from anything that would pollute your body spiritually that would allow these forces of hell to begin to oppress your body with sickness, okay? Keep yourself very pure. Yes, and I would say also um, at night, one of the things that my wife and I do in the evening is we take communion together. So we take time with it that we bring our lives under the blood. We speak the word. We pray together. Very important. We bless each other. Very important. She speaks a blessing over me, and I speak a blessing over her. And then as we sleep at night, we also always have a computer that I'll play maybe some really anointed stuff on it. I'm asking the Lord, let your glory come. And we rest in the presence of God in the glory. But we pray together. We command anything the enemy's going to go, and that the heavens are open, and we pray. And because of that, our night's rest has been peaceful. And good night's rest, good dreams. Uh, God can speak to us through godly dreams in the night. And we sleep in the glory. We sleep in his presence, okay? That's a big deal. That also has to do 
with your protection because the reason we started all that is because we we had spiritual warfare in the night when we yeah. first got married. Yeah. It was because you go to sleep and then the enemy would take advantage of that and there was some warfare that was coming in the in the nighttime. So I asked the Lord, what do I do? And that's what he told me to, for us to start doing. And you know what? The warfare lightened up and backed off, okay? Another thing I would say really practical um, is in the days to come, there's we see inflation. We're seeing a lot of financial things going on. And we know that eventually the mark of the beast is going to be economic. Yeah. So it seems to me, 3 John 2 kind of sums up the blessings given to Abraham. That you walk in divine health and you prosper as your soul prospers. So that that is kind of like summing up, if you will, the blessings of Abraham on your life, okay? Galatians 3.13. So it's interesting because it seems to me that the devil has really been trying to get a strong foot in to control through health and finances. Right. And I'm sure that you see, okay, let me give you an example. For whatever reason, and understand, let me do this disclaimer. We have no problem with people that, that work in the medical field and they're fighting in many ways the same battle Christians are. They really try to help people. There's a lot of really wonderful people doing a lot of really wonderful things. But Satan tried through Obamacare to get the government in there and to totally control the healthcare system because he knew through that he would have a way of really controlling the masses. But thank God that people prayed in America and it's been hindered for a time. But through the pandemic, you're seeing the enemy trying to exert more and more control through forcing people to take vaccines, etc. It's a forced thing. It's control, okay? Satan wants to control the healthcare and he wants to control finances because through those things, he wants to totally, completely control our, every area of our lives. That you can't buy or sell, you can't go into a restaurant, you can't do anything because he's got... The, the healthcare area and the finances locked up as such right. that unless you have the vaccines they want you to have and have proof of it, you cannot even go and buy or sell and do this, that, and the other. Do you see? This is control. Right. So I, my response to that is, is that in the days to come, I don't foresee things getting better. But what I think is this, as Christians, if we'll go deep in Christ and we'll begin to really practice what we know the Word of God says, that we begin to come up under the blood of the Lamb, and we overcome Him by the blood of the Lamb. We, we take communion, and we begin, through our walk with God, to come into a place of walking in divine health and financial, financially living by faith that we're, we're givers and we're living a life of faith in our finances to where our finances are not locked into the natural. They're superior. They're up here connected to heaven's economy and because of us being givers and living a life of faith and doing what we're supposed to do financially the blessings of God are on us that even if the economies of the world go down we we are sustained supernaturally it's like one thing dries up and then money comes from another source we're we're not dependent on the government everybody says amen right there everybody <laughs> We don't need to be dependent on the government for health care or for our finances That's and right. all that. It's very dangerous to live like that. You're talking about being up and down and all over the place. Ronald Reagan said the most scary words in the world are this. Ready? 
I'm with the government and I'm here to help. That's what he said were the scariest words in the world. I don't argue with that one. But see, as Christians, we shouldn't be living a life so down mm-hmm. here yeah. that, that we're totally dependent on the government to take care of us. Right. Okay, We should be living a life of faith and applying the Word of God to our lives where we're, we're coming into a place of divine health and into a place of, of provision supernaturally. Okay. So that's something I would say, and in a practical sense, this is now practical, is doing your best to lower your cost of living. I got a piece of paper and wrote down every one of our bills and all the information to every place, every place our money's going, the account numbers and everything, and I organized it. And I started calling up these places, and through that, I got our cost of living as low as possible. I mean, I'm just giving you a quick example of one thing. But, you know, we have like just regular television, but um, I call them every year and say, look, I'm because I do have other options. I'm like, unless you can give me a good deal, there's other options. And they always seem to find me a good deal. And that's just another way that it forces down my cost of living as low as possible, that all my bills and everything. Another thing is getting out of debt. Our goal is we're in the ministry, but we also have a business. Okay. But our goal is to be able to pay off one of my vehicles this year, and that would bring our cost of living way down as well, okay? We had to purchase a vehicle at the end of last year. We didn't really want to, Mm -hmm. but we saw the prices of vehicles skyrocketing, and we knew that in the future we were going to have to get one anyway. So we just went ahead and bit the bullet and got it. But we're wanting to pay one off so that our cost of living comes down. So as much as you can, bring... Uh, get out of debt and bring your cost of living down. That way, when inflation comes up over here, your cost of living is low, and it, you're not. It's not such a struggle. Okay. So let me say this too: that's your physical body, and and that's taking care of yourself, eating healthy, resting, but also the supernatural part that you keep yourself pure. You take communion and bring your body under the blood. You command the enemy out of your body, off your health. He is not going to control your physical health, and he's not going to control your finances, okay? That you bring your finances under the blood, you bind the enemy, and there's a spiritual component to this. All right, the next thing I would say is in the area of your soul, not just your physical body, but your soul is like your mind and your emotions, the part of you where your personality is, where you make decisions, okay? Um, You need soul health. You need healthy emotions and mental health. So my thought is this, we don't ever go to bed at night, we pray together, right? But we don't go to bed at night without making sure that we have forgiven everybody. Don't let unforgiveness continue. All of us have to deal with it. And I love, I'd I'd watched an incredible sermon with Karen Wheaton recently and she was talking about that. And she was saying, you know, we don't have time to be offended. One of the biggest enemies to your destiny and the biggest open doors to the devil is being offended. And she said, we just don't have time for it in these latter days. It knocks you off course. And she says she thought it would get easier as you get older, but it's actually gotten harder. Mm -hmm. And I would agree with that. It's like more and more things. And listen, Jesus said in the latter days that many would hate and betray one another and the love of many grow cold. Mm -hmm. We're living in those days. And so we've got to make a decision. Are we going to hate others that hate us? Or are we just going to forgive everybody, keep a right spirit about us, keep our hearts healthy emotionally, mentally, 
renew our minds and keep mental health about us, okay? And also, and move on. That's right. Forgive. If you need to ask somebody's forgiveness, do it. If you need to reconcile, do it. If you need to uh, just, some people are irreconcilable, they've wronged you, just forgive it and move on with life. Just let it completely go. Don't dwell on it. Don't dwell on that mentally, okay? And the other thing I would say is we don't go to bed without making sure that we've confessed and repented of any sin in our lives. That, Lord, if there's anything, and let God bring things up. If you said something, did something you shouldn't have, that you don't go to bed at night without forgiving everybody and confessing and repenting of all your sins. Let it all just be under the blood, washed away. It's gone so that when you go to bed at night that there's nothing there. So when you wake up in the morning, you can the old ashes of yesterday are gone and you can just have a fresh fire for the day and you can just spend time with the Lord and not have any hindrance, okay? And the Bible says don't go to bed angry with unresolved issues. So if you've had a fight with your spouse or your kids or something, you need, to, you need to pray together. You need to forgive one another, pray together, make sure there's no open doors in your home for the enemy to try to come in on that, okay? Because if the enemy can come in, he will. Would you agree with that? Yes. If he can find a door, he will come in. So keep all the doors shut to the devil by keeping right. unity, right. okay? It's easy to let him in, but it's hard to get him out. That's right. Yeah. That's right. All right, another thing I would say is this. Your home and your family. This is another area. So we talked about the physical body. We talked about the soul. Now we're going to talk about your, your home and your family. So I would say that just like Passover in Israel, all those many years ago, they brought the blood, they put the blood on the doorpost, and every person under that blood, everyone there was totally protected. So I would say this, it's a very powerful thing. If you can take communion daily, I do it, she does, and we take it together in the evening. So I guess technically we probably take it twice a day. I take it on my own. I take it on my own. And then we take it together. So apparently we do take it twice. But we take communion together and we bring through that, we bring us and our family and all that we own, all that we are, everything under the blood, and we command the enemy out, okay? And there's an awesome power in that. And speaking the word of God, you overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of your testament. As you speak that out loud, drive out the enemy and quote the word of God over your family. And we've covered that enough in the previous sermons uh, on overcoming the spirit of death. So this is part three, so I'm not going to keep dwelling on that. But there's something about that that is going to protect people. Because when you look at, in the days of Israel... What was marching through the land? It was death and destruction, yeah. but it was a spirit of death. And that's what we're seeing with the pandemic. We're seeing the spirit of death like a destroyer yeah. coming through. And just as Israel had the blood of an actual lamb, we have the fullness and the reality of having what they, what there was a picture and type like a shadow of, we actually have the fullness of in Jesus Christ. And Paul said, in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, the blood of our Passover lamb has been shed. Right. But we, we have to apply the blood by faith. And so the way that we do that, it, one of the ways you can do it is take communion, but it's a faith thing. What we bring is we take of this everything under the blood, bring your family under the blood. Even if you have wayward family, bring them under the blood. Here's a quick story about that. 
I heard of a lady in California that she said that her son was estranged from her, backslidden, uh, away from God. He had got mixed up in the occult, substance abuse, sexual immorality, really far from God. And as she prayed for him every day, but God spoke to her one day because she obviously, she was one of those that took communion. And the Lord said to her, one lamb per household. And God was showing her that the husband of the house would have the lamb but it affected everybody in that, in that household, right? So God showed her that. So she took communion on behalf of her son, and she took authority and said, you're not going to have my son. And she brought him under the blood, and then she took authority. You know what happened? It broke the power of the enemy. He hadn't spoken to her in a long period of time. All of a sudden, he calls her. In the midst of the phone call, he starts crying. And then he ends up getting his life right with God. Isn't that awesome? So something broke there. So communion can also be a way of an intercessory type of act that you bring your family under the blood, that you drive away the enemy from them, okay? All right, so also I would say your home and family, your personal prayer life, that we go deeper in Christ. This is a time where we need to really set apart part of our day to pray. Okay, I always have a personal prayer time in the mornings, but many times we pray together in the evenings as well. And our church has corporate prayer. But we've upped prayer. We even have in our church, we have the what I call the Watchman program where there's a sheet of paper that has various needs represented. But I, I'm on Monday and then uh, my daughter's on Tuesday, etc. But every day of the week is covered and, and many days has multiple people on it. But somebody's praying and fasting that day. They fast from morning to evening. And we pray in agreement. Well, that powerful, constant prayer and fasting has is, is a lot of power to it. It's building up a hedge about us, see? And so as we come up under the blood, as we're speaking the word, and as we're praying like we need to be, having powerful personal prayer lives, powerful corporate prayer lives, it's building up a hedge of protection as the sword of the enemy is coming through the land. So your personal prayer life, um, also, I would say praying in the Spirit. Make sure, those that are listening to this, that you receive the baptism in the Holy Ghost because you need to be clothed with power in these mm -hmm. last days and you need a prayer life. You need to be able to pray in the Spirit. And the Bible says in Romans 8, we don't always know how to pray. But whenever we reach the end of, of our understanding, the Holy Spirit can pray through us in tongues. Mm -hmm. And we utter mysteries. We the Bible says you edify yourself. Jude says you build up your most holy faith, praying in the Spirit. So there's a power in praying in tongues, okay, that we must have. And I encourage you to, to spend time every day praying in the Spirit. Another, another one is this. Whether it be in your family or whether it be in the church, where we are full of the love of God, there's going to be unity. Think about that. When we love our leaders, when we love one another, there's going to be unity because of the love. And so pray that God fill us with his love for one another, his love for our leaders, his love for our church, our family. And love, it brings a warmth, it brings a unity there. And another thing I would say is the power as a pastor, I've noticed taking communion with the congregation and lifting my hands and speaking a blessing over that. I've been doing that for years. But I've noticed because of blessing the people, uh, other ministers have told me, well, I wonder why, why do you have this, that, and the other working out for you? And this seems to be, and I said, I'm telling you, because I speak a blessing over the people. Mm 
You see, there's something to that. Mm -hmm. You can bless your family. But where there's, where there's warmth and there's love, there's going to be unity, okay? And then that kind of bleeds over to the last point is your church. This is not a time to get out of church. I'm sorry, people, people have gotten used to it because of the pandemic, I guess, and they've joined uh, the first church of the bed springs, right? <laughs> or the first church of the sofa. And friend, I love you if that's you, but you're lazy. And the Bible says this, I'm, I'm rebuking you in love. The Bible says, do not forsake the assembling of ourselves right. together. All the more as you see the day approaching, you're disobeying the Bible, right. okay? And so um, I'm just telling you, you need to quit doing that. You need to go to church, yeah, and okay? And we need each other. We, we do. We need to pray for each other and, and buy and lift each other up. Amen. And you can't do that at home. Right. Sitting around in your PJs, <laughs> with your little remote control. Let me tell you, I've had times, even since last November, and I think I shared this, but a couple years ago, I, was, I went out of town, and I went on a sabbatical for about a week just to seek God in prayer. That's it. I had a long drive, so I had a lot of time to pray in the car there and back. I was seeking the Lord, and God spoke to me. It was the last day that I really got this revelation. I was driving, and all of a sudden, it was like a veil ripped away and I could I just knew in the spirit realm God opened something up to me and I heard like a female demonic type of voice and it yelled out it said kill the prophets and I knew it wasn't just people that were actual prophets okay hear me but it was anybody that was really going to be speaking the truth I mean the Preachers that really hear from God and preach the actual word of God, not motivational speeches. They really preach the word. Those people, this thing was after them. And this thing wanted to take out. And so I'm not surprised because that was around 2019 when I heard that. I'm not surprised when the pandemic hit and Satan started trying to take out. And not only through the pandemic, but even through this whole thing with the elections, that Satan has tried to discredit the prophets and he's trying to physically kill people. So I, I'm not surprised because of what God showed me. It's an assignment of hell. Right. But what I'm telling you is the sword may be coming through the land, but greater is he that's in us. Yeah. And we have the blood of Jesus. Yeah. We overcome by the blood and by the word. And if we will really apply these things and go deep in Christ in our prayer lives, I'm telling you the enemy, just like Passover, they, the enemy got to that house, but he had to pass over and go somewhere else to bring destruction because he wasn't going to come to that house. And I say that needs to be you. That you say, devil, you may try to come down my neighborhood, and it may be a thousand may fall at my side over here and ten thousand over here, but it ain't going to come near me or my family That's because right. we're under the blood of the Lamb. And we have the word of God and we're in prayer and we stand together in unity against you. And we command you to be bound and you will leave our lives. You will leave our families in Jesus name. And when we rise up in our authority, okay, we can break the power of the enemy. We have authority over these yeah. things. Let's rise up and overcome. All right. So Amen. around last, this last year in November or so, I said all that to get to this point. Anyway, about four months, um, we went through a severe warfare. And during that time, I remember there were some times where it was very difficult to pray. And I don't like that. And it was hard to pray. There was mental, emotional oppression. There was a heaviness, just warfare. I don't want to get into all of it, but I'm talking about people 
in our church. It was just a lot of warfare. And I would come into our Tuesday night prayer meetings, and I had really been fighting the devil. I still pray, because uh, I'm not going to let him control what I do. But it was hard. I feel like I was really coming up against something. We come into our Tuesday night prayer meetings, we go into worship. See, this is the importance of going to church, how we need each other. Yes. Okay. We begin, we'd take communion together. Automatically, I felt something happening. We'd start in this praise and worship, and, and the heavens were open. The presence came in. And I would just, I'd been going through warfare. You know, I'd lead whatever prayer I felt led to, but I was just going and lying down between the chairs down there by myself, me and God, and really just seeking the Lord myself. The intercessors were all praying. You could hear the groans and travails, powerful praying in the spirit. And you know what? The power of God was so strong that it would break all that off. And I, the next day I wake up and I'd feel so refreshed, so strengthened. I mean, it was just a new day. And you know what happened? The, us coming together to God's house. And we were, we were corporately coming together in worship and prayer, declaring the word. We were, uh, we were coming up under the blood and that corporate anointing drove back the enemy. So you can't have that by yourself. We need each other. We need to come together then drive back these things, okay? We need one another, and we need God's house. We need God's leaders. So the last thing I would say is this, that um, just keep the order and the unity in the church. Just make sure that we're under authority. We may not always get our way. There may be things we don't understand. Sometimes we're told no and all that, but just being under it, submitting to authority and being unified. We forgive one another. We love one another. If there's an offense, we go and talk to people. Work it out, man. Keep, do whatever you got to do to keep the unity, okay? The sword of the enemy is passing through the land, but God's grace is sufficient, and we can build up a hedge about us and our families, okay? And I believe the communion table is going to be very powerful in this area because the Bible says that he gives us a table in the presence of our enemies. That's right. So even though the enemy's marching in the land, we have a table that we can bring our lives and families under the blood. We can speak the word. We can drive that. That's what Jesus did. It is written. We drive back the enemy. We submit unto God, resist the devil, he must flee. We overcome by the blood and by the word. And um, we keep the unity because the Bible says if two agree on earth is touching anything, it will be done. So there's got to be that unity. And wherever there's division, there's going to be the enemy finding a way in through that yeah. division. Yeah, house divided cannot stand. Right. So in your own family or the church, we cannot be divided. We can't. We don't have time to be offended. We don't have time to be divided. We've got to work together, okay? Well, hopefully this has been a blessing to you guys. Uh, we love you. We appreciate you. And just remember that as I looked at these Hebrew letters, it does seem that there's some prophetic symbolism in there, doesn't it? that we need God's grace, God's perfecting a final work so that we can come into our new beginnings and uh, we need to be unified. But then also we see the sword passing through the land. Let's build up a hedge for us and our families, okay? Let's build up that hedge and overcome and stay unified. Right. Right. God bless you guys. God bless you.